Welcome to the Napsy Podcast. My name is Michael Butrell, and I am the host of this current series, Protecting Students' Data in a Digital Age. As a former educator, executive director of a youth not-for-profit, and state representative, focusing on doing my part to make sure that every student had the resources needed to be successful became part of my life's mission. And what I realized was that for this to come to fruition, technology would have to play a major role. I joined Millennium Enterprise Corporation as their director of strategic partnerships, and I saw firsthand how tech could enhance students' learning to echelons that I could not have even dreamed about as a child. But I also saw that it could create havoc and destruction that could only be told through the lens of a Hollywood director. It was with those competing things in mind that NAPSI and Millennium Enterprise wanted to engage a national conversation on what it was like for school districts as they are protecting students' data in a digital age. Today, I am joined by my special guest, Dr. Rosa Atkins, who is the superintendent of Charlottesville City Schools. It is a pleasure to have you join us today, Dr. Atkins. Mike, thank you for having me. It's so awesome to be able to talk with you. Um, You have done such amazing things with this school district. I've been so impressed with not just the things that I've seen firsthand, but also in the things that your colleagues talk about how you've accomplished here in Charlottesville. So uh, today is very special for us as well. Well, thank you, Mike. And you know that nothing is accomplished by an individual. It's all about a team. There you go. I I love the servant leadership approach. (laughs) So we're going to dive right into some of our conversation about this. Um, And the first question that I have for you today is, uh, what do you believe are some of the issues that are facing our school districts in this digital age? You know, Mike, I think one of the things that we want to do as educators is to make sure this term uh, 21st century learners, we want to make sure that we put in the hands of our teachers and our students the technology and equipment that they need in order to be successful in a digital age. We want them to have ready access to learning and not just to receive the information, but also to produce information. So we are putting those tools in their hands. But we're not only putting the tools in their hands, we also may be putting the bad guys in their hands also. And that we need to pay attention to. Well, and absolutely. And you bring up a great point there. um, Because with that, you know, uh, we talk about some of the social media aspects and some of the other things that come into play. And while it was created with a great idea in mind, there are people who find ways to be able to exploit um, those same things that were built for good, shall we say. Absolutely. Um, and, and so that kind of comes to my next question, which is, you know, how do you feel that K-12 education has adapted to this digital world that we now live in? Well, you know, I think for us and for many of my colleagues, I'm not sure we have adapted. Mm. I, I, I'm sure that we have, have had the vision and the mission to get digital tools and make them available to our students. But a deep understanding of the vulnerabilities that we create when we create the systems by which we connect our students to the internet and the outside world, I'm not sure we have a deeper enough understanding of that 
in order to protect our students, protect our in, in employees, and to protect our assets. Well, and absolutely, you know, and it's 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 interesting, you know, I have uh, the luxury of being able to focus on seeing a lot of these things like every day, right? And I know uh, as educators, naturally, you have the things that you're doing in your day-to-day jobs, which is primarily focusing on making sure that we're educating our students, right? But there are other things that are involved with that. And so when we see things like that, like we've seen uh, opportunities where people have been hacked through their fish tanks, right? Which are uh, Bluetooth connectable and all of those different things, right? Whether it's their HVAC systems or whatever that route is, uh, they found a way to get in. And within education, I know that you're balancing kind of that that balancing act that you're working on. Um, and with, with Charlottesville City Schools in mind, um, what are some of the things that you guys have taken up to protect yourselves from cyber attacks that now plague our education system? Well, well Mike, I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited that we were able to, um, over the last six months, partner with Millennium to come in and take a critical look Actually, we have financial audits that we do in our school system. Uh, we were able to work with Millennium to come in and do a digital audit to look at our infrastructure and our systems and help us to better understand our vulnerabilities in those systems. There was a time in which um, we would put all of the sensitive documents pertaining to a student in a file cabinet, in a folder, in a file cabinet and we would lock it and there were only certain personnel who had those keys. Uh, We have to now shift from that kind of thinking to how do we uh, better secure our internet and our systems and our internet of things in order to protect our assets and our students. Well, and I I love that, right? Um, Because as you're starting to see some of those things, one of the things that, you know, we always joke and laugh about was even the idea that, you're right, like it used to be that file cabinet. It used to be that that lock and that key. And I always told people, if someone took a key off of your key ring, how many of us would actually even notice, right? Um, And and so now in this digital age, and we're talking about the, the... techniques that hackers and people who are trying to get in the system are utilizing, you know, that doesn't necessarily fit, right? And so as we're we're talking about like the idea of doing the technology audit, which I think is great, um, and that's why we love being able to partner with you all, uh, because one of the things that we've noticed is we work with clients, for example, to kind of go through those three stages, right? And what we realized was most of the schools tend to be at stage one, which we call the blissful ignorance stage, right? It's the idea that they don't necessarily know how vulnerable they are or they are not. It's like, hey, I don't know. If something happens, it happens. I don't know. Um, but they're not, they couldn't tell you exactly what they had going on. Um, and then after we get them through that phase, we kind of get them to phase two, which is, you know, now you need to protect yourself, right? You're more on the defensive. And when we get them over to stage three, it's when we can be more aggressive and we can be proactive to stay ahead of the game. So uh, to be able to see that you all are taking those steps, um, I think is a very powerful statement um, that you're making. And that's also why, you know, I love the things that you guys are doing right here in Charlottesville uh, to kind of stay ahead of that. Um, 
Let me ask you this. Uh, what advice would you give to the school districts that, you know, may not have budget for the necessary necessary precautions in protecting students' data in a digital age, uh, but they now see the urgency? Because as we know, time is of the essence. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Um, so what advice would you give them? Well, the way we look at it is either you're going to be proactive and budget for it, or you're going to be at some point reactive and had to scramble to find the funding to close up those vulnerabilities that someone has has actually invaded, has penetrated, and gotten to sensitive information. So in order to do due diligence and to be good stewards of what our communities have uh, entrusted us with, students, finances, information, it is incumbent upon all of the superintendents to think about how do we budget? How do we make this a priority in order to safeguard those assets and students and employees who are so dear to us in our system? And I, I love that. You said what the community has entrusted you with and understanding that responsibility. What they say is to whom much is given, much is required, right? Absolutely. Um, and there are expectations with some of these things. And, you know, that's, that's great that you're talking about you need to be more forward thinking to the idea of these are things we need to start budgeting with. You know, Mike, the report that you gave, uh, going over the report of the results of our audit, I was just so impressed with the layout of that report. It was not overwhelming. It was broken down into uh, critical areas that we really needed to pay attention to immediately. We could not wait on. And then the next area was those high priority areas. Those areas we needed to put in the planning stage so that we could react to it. And then there are the low priority areas. As money comes available, funding becomes available, we can certainly address those areas. But for, as a superintendent, to have that kind of information in my hands, I now have a tool and a mechanism by which I can engage my school board and various funding sources to say, here are the areas in which we need to respond to and present a case for why we need the funding in order to respond to these areas. And, and, and that is a great point there, right? And the question is, you know, how do you do that? Because a lot of times people say, well, I go to my school board, but they, don't, uh, they, they just don't see the necessity. But a lot of times, as you're saying right there, it's about having the necessary data in front of you to be able to support the argument that you're trying to make, right? Uh, and we talk about some of the schools. Like a lot of times, a lot of our schools were built many, many years ago before technology was even thought of. Uh, and so now we're trying to figure out where are we going to put our data closets and all these different things. So then you walk in there and there's mops and buckets and, you know, file cabinets and it's a storage unit and the janitor's closet and all of these things together. Um, but even as you're talking about the idea of what happens, how do we think about this as we're thinking of building our new schools, right? Right. Absolutely. We all have now student information systems. Most of us, if we... Um, uh, have our financial system usually as a legacy system, especially in small school divisions, and we're considered one of those small school divisions. If you have a legacy system, uh, how is that connected? 
If you've rolled over from that legacy system and migrated to uh, a, a new system, um, a digital system, how have you protected that system? What do you know about it? What do you know about your software partners? Have you protected yourself and your assets again uh, with all of the new technology that you have put in? And then how do you have an ongoing plan to continue to have um, respond to the protections that you need to have in place and the vulnerabilities that are revealed? Well, absolutely. So, well, as we talk about all that encompasses that, uh, how do you balance focusing on educating our young people as well as protecting them from the digital threats that potentially face them? How do you kind of balance that out? Um, well, um, being, being a mother of one and a grandmother of three um, and a superintendent of uh, 4,600 and the uh, leader of a community of 10,000, um, I envision them and what they would expect of me. Uh, what do they expect of their school system? For every teacher who walks in and I onboard that teacher, when they give me their social security number, and oftentimes they give me family members' social security number, when you go to your child's school, well, I have someone to come in and register a student in our school system. They are trusting me to receive that information that is, is very confidential information and important information to the livelihood of each of those individuals and the students. They're trusting me to protect that information. And I take that and our board and our community takes that responsibility seriously. So when you think of it in those terms, uh, it's easy to prioritize this at the top. It's a priority in laying the case before your community. The first step is to have the audit. That's priority one, to set up the audit. And once you're equipped with the results of the audit, the next step is to lay out a plan. How am I going to respond to the audit? And what will it cost me? and now presenting that to your funding source and to your school board in order to uh, actually put that plan into action. All right. Well, I have one final question for you. Right. What advice do you have for the other school districts that may still be at that stage of blissful ignorance? And I know you kind of walked them through uh, that path, right? For someone like myself who, you know, you got to center it down. Give me one point, one thing that I need to walk away from with this. If I'm saying we are here at Blissful Ignorance, I, I couldn't tell you how likely or unlikely we are to get hacked right now. What do I need to do right now after listening to this podcast? I would um, seriously recommend, I'm not telling them that they have to use Millennium, but I would seriously recommend picking up the phone, calling Millennium, and asking if a representative can come out and meet with them so that um, that superintendent and that superintendent's team can ask questions, uh, can hear what the audit process looks like, and can actually hear about um, many may think that it's a huge cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's nowhere near that cost. It's reasonable. It's something that I think that all of us can look at our budgets and find a way 
in order to make that happen. Uh, it's critical. When you think about a young child coming in, if someone hacked our system and were able to have access to one of my kindergartner's information, five years old, that person or whoever hacks that, that system and gets that information could actually have access to that information and use it for years before that family realizes or the school system realizes that that information has been compromised. When you think of it in those terms, it's a small investment to make in order to secure our students. Absolutely. They say the average school district is, has an attempted hack at least three times a day. And when you talk about the idea of getting to Social Security numbers, each Social Security number they get to of that child is worth about $35,000 to the hacker. Um, and so that's why this digital age has changed so much when it comes to how a school district operates. I want to be free to use the Internet. I want to be free to be innovative and when you have an audit and you know where your vulnerabilities are, it sort of gives you that freedom to move forward and to innovate and encourage your teachers and your students to use those resources, the digital resources that are there available to them. Well, I don't think we could say it much better than that. So uh, thank you so much, Dr. Atkins, for sharing your thoughts with us today. As I said, we are truly honored to be able to have you today. Thank you also. Thanks for having me. Now, to all of our educators, from volunteers in the school districts to superintendents, uh, we thank you for your dedication to improving the lives of our young people. NAPSI is honored to serve you and give the support needed to continue to make an impact. For those that are not currently NAPSI members, we highly encourage you to stay connected and join to see all the resources that are available to you. You all are the superheroes. Uh, let us help put the tools needed on your utility belt. So thank you to all of our listeners. This series was sponsored by Millennium Enterprise Corporation, where our mission is to develop ideas and innovations to solve the world's toughest challenges. And until next time, please remember, as Benjamin Franklin said, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. <laughs>